The scripture reading for today is Luke 2, 4 to 20. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the same that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. You may be seated. Merry Christmas, Niho. I hope and pray that you'll be able to enjoy the season filled with God's peace, joy, but also safety, uh, so that uh, at least that you can enjoy this time with your beloved families. I remember last year, it was completely uh, locked down, so we couldn't get together in person. And even family members were very careful in terms of meeting with one another. Um, and this year, um, it is a little better. Uh, so we get to come together uh, to church to celebrate. And um, I trust that you will be able to spend some time uh, with your uh, close friends and uh, family with a safety measure. Uh, we are going through uh, Christmas beyond our shortcomings. Uh, just two messages last Sunday uh, through tough times, but today, Christmas beyond weakness, based on Luke chapter 2, from verse 4 to 20. So I would like to begin with opening remarks that God reveals his mighty power through our weakness. And we come to realize how weak and fragile uh, we are as a human being. Uh, even entire world uh, is under fear uh, through this pandemic. 
this invisible virus that we cannot even see with our own eyes. Not just virus, but sickness, fear of death, pain, anxiety, and just even natural disaster. If the wind blows too strong, everything falls apart. Famine, earthquake, war. Not only these natural disasters, even our weak faith, weak, fragile relationship. We get betrayed, disappointed, we get hurt, and some of us have a hard time overcoming or just moving forward because of our past hurts and failure in our lives. Some of us, we cannot even fill our love, our hearts with the love and forgiveness that we cannot move forward, breaking this chain of hatred or bitterness, resentment in our lives. When we look at the history of Israel, uh, they were able to experience God's provision, miracle, salvation. And yet, when they face new sets of challenge, uh, they cannot move forward. They're stuck in the past. God saved them and deliver them, led them to the promised land. But even in the promised land, they fall into temptation, compromise their faith, walking away from their relationship with God, end up worshiping other gods in our lives. How weak and fragile the Israelites were. In the same way that you and I are struggling with our own sets of weakness, whether it's a physical, relational, emotional, mental, and even financial weakness in our lives. And we think that we are failing in our lives because of our weakness. If I don't have this weakness, I will do much better in life. And we often blame ourselves even blame circumstance, blame God for weakness that we are struggling with. But brothers and sisters, you are not failing because of your weakness. Because as we see our Lord Jesus Christ who came as a Messiah, the King of Kings, He came in weakness. And He served his entire life through weakness. So the moment that he was born, he was weak and meek baby. And he carried the entire ministry in weakness and meekness before the Father and hung on the cross in weakness and meekness in order to save us and to reveal the mighty power of God's salvation. So once again, we're not failing in life because of weakness, but we are failing in life because we do not understand and recognize God's hidden message under the weakness. That God wants to reveal his power, his mystery of the gospel through weakness, and yet we don't come to realize it, and that's why we're failing in life. 
So why did Jesus, the Son of God, the King of Kings, come in the form of weakness and carry entire ministry and die on the cross in weakness? What was something that God wanted to reveal through that weakness? And these are the things that we would like to share in today's message. Number one, God is using weakness as a pathway to salvation. In a way, it is the only way to salvation. In verse 5, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child, and teenage girl who was not even married. And yet Jesus comes into or enters into this woman who was a teenager. And we know the story so well that they couldn't even find a place. So a baby was born in a manger, unsanitized, smelly, place where no one would be preferred to born. When Jesus was born, according to the law, the parents, whenever they have a newborn, they're supposed to give thanks to God and offer sacrifice. And normally and typically in average family, if you are like middle class, they will offer a lamb as a sacrifice. But Joseph and Mary were not even middle class. They were poor. They couldn't afford to sacrifice the lamb. So instead, they offer birds. Luke chapter 2, 24, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle or two young pigeons in case when they cannot afford to give or sacrifice lamb before the Lord. One of the scholars is saying, it is very ironic, right? Because we know that Jesus came as a lamb of God. And the parents of lamb cannot even afford to offer lamb before the Lord. And yet this gospel is a countercultural message because the power of God and salvation, the glory of God was revealed and entered into the form of weakness. And yet, Whenever we read the word of the Lord in that weak space where we struggle, that's when the glory of God being revealed. And Jesus shed the powerful blood of Jesus Christ that can cleanse all of our sin and shortcomings and through his weakness on the cross as well. Why is it? Why is a weakness only way for us to experience salvation? Because the original sin to begin with, it was out of pride. That mankind wanted to become strong as God or even stronger than God. Strong as God and taking this fruit of knowledge of good and evil. Our temptation is that we want to be strong without God. We want to be strong apart from God. And that is sin. 
And only way for us to be forgiven and to really move forward, to be restored in our relationship with the Lord is that before the Lord, we restore humility, weak posture before the Lord. doesn't matter how strong you are that you cannot achieve salvation on your own. And it doesn't matter what you have and what you have accomplished in your life. Unless you are weak before the Lord, you cannot experience mercy, grace, and salvation. The greatest sin is a sin that we do not recognize that we are weak before the Lord. And that's the greatest weakness. What is repentance? That we are fragile, we're weak, we're miserable human beings without God, apart from God. Therefore, we need God's mercy and grace today. That's part of repentance, isn't it? And that is a perfect setting where we can experience salvation and glory of God. I mean, when you are coming to church today, uh, how many of you really enjoy sunrise or sun in Toronto? Probably most of us. We don't think about it. Right? I remember um, when our family, uh, my wife and I, we used to live in Los Angeles. So there are a few times that we got to visit Grand Canyon. And Grand Canyon, or if you go to Hawaii or other places, is known for beautiful, spectacular sunrise. You can watch the picture. It's a Grand Canyon sunrise. How glorious it is, right? Can you imagine? You see this every day. And yet, we're in Toronto, like sunrise. Eh, nothing special, Right? But if you think about it, whether you see sunrise in Toronto or Grand Canyon, we're talking about the same sun. We're not talking about different suns. But why does it more spectacular and glorious to see sunrise from Grand Canyon compared to Toronto? I'm not putting down Toronto. I love Toronto. And yet compared to, right? Because Grand Canyon experienced thousands of pain, years of pain, erosion, being uplifted, going through turmoil. And the setting itself makes the sunrise more glorious. It's not that sun is more glorious in Grand Canyon, but the setting makes the sun more glorious as well. In the same way, we're talking about same God, same salvation, same grace. And yet through our weakness, our pain, if we acknowledge who God is, that's the best, perfect setting where God shines. And we understand the depth of God. So in our weakness, we experience the glory of God. And now, please do not misunderstand Just because we're weak or just because we have a weakness, it doesn't mean that we encounter God. Some of us, out of our weakness, we are in denial, very defensive. 
Sometimes we attack other people because we want to cover up our own weakness. Being defensive, in denial. So what does it mean for us to experience God's salvation and maturity out of our weakness? In order to do that, first, we need to recognize and confess our own weakness. That's the beginning. So we come to acknowledge and confess that we are weak before the Lord. And out of the humility, we begin to experience God's restoration. There are so many testimonies when they acknowledge their weakness. They experience the glory of God. I was hearing one of the testimonies of um, a person. As a mother, she has a physical ability, a disability. But she shared the testimony out of her own physical disability. The children grew up always, you know, serving their mom first. It was through her weakness. Her children grew up very mature, quickly, always serving other people, supporting family members united. I heard the testimony of a mother who had one of the child, now children having difficulty. Some of the sets of challenges. And out of that, God really pruned the mother's faith and a character. Humble posture before the Lord. And through that weakness, she came to cry out before the Lord and encounter God's will. What kind of weakness do you have? Failure, shortcomings. Tessa Thompson, in her article, said, the Christian's weakness will either make him miserable or it will make him mature. To say it another way, weakness will bear frustration or it will bear fruit. God's will is that out of your weakness, that he doesn't want you to be frustrated or miserable in your life, but out of that you bring it to God so that God will sanctify you, prune your character, that you will grow more intimate relationship with God, and out of that you will bear fruit for the kingdom of God. And yet many of us, instead of bearing a fruit, we are frustrated. We are resentful. Brothers and sisters, weakness itself is not sin. Or just because you are weak doesn't mean you are holy. But what you do with the weakness, God would use that weakness as a channel of being holy, or that can be a channel of you sinning against God. The question is, how do we want to utilize our weakness in life?
Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 to 10 said, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecution, calamities, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Brothers and sisters, your weakness is not a stumbling block. It can be a shortcut for you to grow deeper in your relationship with God. Therefore, when we recognize and acknowledge and bring our weakness before the Lord, that can be the greatest springboard or stepping stone towards God. That is when God fills us with his mighty power. God leads us to maturity. Tessa Thompson said, through our weakness, we are being sanctified and God is being glorified. So we don't celebrate weakness. I mean, no one wants to. And yet out of weakness, we come before the Lord truthfully, transparent before the Lord. That is why God never fails through our weakness. God uses our weakness to reveal who he is, which leads to the second point, making the gospel approachable through weakness. As we read along the gospel of Luke chapter 2, who are these people who encounter Messiah, the newborn son of God? Shepherds, Simeon, Anna. And these were the social outcasts. They were not as elite or high rank officials. But when they heard the news in verse 12, and this will be a sign for you, you will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Can you imagine if baby was born in the palace, the king's palace, and you hear the news that newborn, the Messiah, how many of you can go and really Worship or encounter Christ. Probably only privileged select a few people. You need to make appointment. Nowadays, like you need to make appointment to do anything, right? Month and month. If Messiah was born in palace, he's not approachable. But there is a reason and there's a mystery of God that, that Jesus was born in a manger where that anyone and everyone could encounter if they want to. So in verse 16 and 17, and when they went and haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger, when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. Now, I'm not saying that only social outcasts 
could encounter Jesus. We know in the gospel, even John, that Joseph, who was a wealthy man, encounters Jesus. We know the Magi, who are educated, they get to encounter Jesus. But what Gospel Luke is highlighting is that there is no discrimination. Whether you are learned or unlearned, whether you have or not have, whether you are in high class or low class, it doesn't matter. There's no discrimination. Anyone and everyone who desired to encounter Jesus, he made himself approachable. And yet, in the name of pursuing power, fame, has it all, or have it all, sometimes we grow up enjoying everything that we want, and that becomes greatest stumbling from encountering Christ. Many of us We're no longer desperate. Even though Jesus is available, even though God himself, the gospel, made himself approachable to everyone, there's no discrimination. And yet, many of us, our fame, what we have, or what we want to have, become stumbling block from running towards God running towards encountering newborn Jesus Christ. Francis, what is stopping you today? Whenever we read the scripture, it's the people who are being used by God or encounter God, they struggle with their own sense of weakness. But when they bring their weakness, desperately running towards God, they meet and encounter the power of God. And they reveal the glory of God. Think about Moses. He was weak in speaking. He was not articulate at all. And yet God used Moses to deliver Israelites out of Egypt to the promised land. Think about Joseph. He was betrayed by his brothers and he was sold as a slave to Egypt, foreign land. But out of the hurt, betrayal, God revealed his favor. Think about Hannah. She was barren. She cried out before the Lord, God, what is wrong? Life is unfair. Everyone's healthy and normal. How come it is me not having a baby? What about woman at the well? She had weakness in her past, failed in marriage. How many times? And living with another man without getting married. Think about Mary who broke the alabaster jar, who had painful past where, as a woman, she cannot even reveal or talk about freely. 
Think about Paul, who was guilty of condemning and stoning other disciples in the past, but being used by God as apostle for Gentiles. Think about Peter, who denied Jesus Christ three times publicly, and then out of these weakness, different areas, when they brought those, they were used as vessels of God's mighty power and salvation. So, brothers and sisters, let me wrap up today's message by asking this question. It's not about us being weak, but more importantly, are we weak before God? Because when we bring our weakness before God, then God never fails. God will use the weakness as a pathway and even shortcut to God's salvation and glory. That we will not bear the fruit of frustration, but fruit of maturity in our lives. And out of our lives, that God will reveal his glory so that other people will come to know Christ in our lives. Let me close with a closing remark. Those who are weak before God have privilege of experiencing true meaning of Christmas. Let's pray together. Brothers and sisters, maybe some of us think that it is our weakness that we're miserable. We're failing in life. But actually, everyone is weak before the Lord in different ways. The truth is that we don't come to acknowledge that. We're in denial. And we try to be strong apart from God. And that's a curse, and that's a sin. And only way to show us the reality, God himself had to come in a weekly form. And entire life, he showed that out of weakness, God's power and salvation could be revealed. Can you bring your weakness? Confess before God today. And can you pray, Lord, out of this weakness, Lord, can you use to bear fruit of maturity, fruit of salvation, and I want to meet you in deeper way, and I want to be used by you beyond my weakness. Secondly, if you are struggling as a parent, maybe you see weakness of your children or your loved ones. Instead of being frustrated, can you lift that person and can you lift up the relationship into 
God's hands. God, here we are. We're weak. But Lord, out of this weakness, can you bring closer? Can you bring us closer to you that we rely upon you more? And more of your grace, more of your mercy and glory could be revealed. Just like that, the scenery of Grand Canyon, you know, that how deep the pain and frustration we may have. But when God rises, you will be glorious and beautiful. And we begin to see God's restoration in our lives. And maybe that's what God wants to reveal in our lives and in your life. So let's spend some time before the Lord. Father, we sing the song, When We Are Weak, You Are Strong. Out of weakness, you reveal your mighty power. And yet, it is so true that we don't want to be weak. And we get frustrated. We get discouraged. As if out of our weakness, everything falls apart. But Lord, you have revealed that you never fail through our human weakness. In fact, out of the weakness, that is the only way for us to experience your completion and salvation. So those who are weak, let us Bring that weakness to you and encounter more of you. This Christmas, rather than blaming our weakness, we bring the weakness to encounter Christ more closer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.